word of prayer with us and uh, share with us a very familiar story in the Bible, which I'm sure you all probably have heard before. But hopefully Christ will bless it in a new light and a deeper understanding for all of us so we can apply in our lives even in this season. Let us bow together for a word of prayer. Oh, Lord, we are so thankful for blessing us with such a wonderful time in your presence. Lord, it's always a joy to come before you and hear your marvelous words. For truly, you are the wonderful counselor, full of wisdom and knowledge. Truly, you are the eternal God, the one who was and is and is to come. Truly, you are the everlasting father, the father of the church, the father of our lives, the father of all life and the father of love. You have demonstrated great love towards us that you came into this world, not only to come for your own will and your own desires, but to do the will of the father. And that is to die for us on the cross of Calvary. So all of us wicked people will have life and our sins will be forgiven thank you lord jesus we also thank you this very day remembering the reason why you came as the prince of peace the one who bridges us between god even though we were enemies of god you made us friends with god and you've given us peace amongst one another and given us the grace to also be peacemakers So that wherever there is chaos, God, your words through us can speak peace to lives. And so, Lord, we thank you. Even as we hear your word, we are coming in with a mindset. But Lord, please help us so that we go out with another mindset, that of yours, so we can lay down all our mindsets and pick up your mindset and your thoughts, even in this season. We bless you, Heavenly Father, for hearing us. In Jesus Christ's mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. So I'm very thankful to God for your lives and I'm thankful to God. It's a wonderful season for us to talk about Jesus and to uh, think about who Jesus is. In fact, I want us to turn our Bibles, if you will, everyone. I will be calling all of you to read along with me. I've been told I have 30 minutes, so I'll, I'll call on you all to help read along uh, with me so we can get to it, uh, the message. If you will turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 13, I'm going to read that, and I'll ask you all to help in reading subsequent verses. So Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 13, and I read, this is the word of God. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, In the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, 
in Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written by the prophet, and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah, of Judah are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. Verse 8. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When you have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also, says Herod. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. They departed into their own country another way. Take notice of that. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother, and flee to, into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to our hearing by his spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are told of this narrative of Jesus Christ, Jesus that was born in Bethlehem. And I want to ask you guys a brief question before I continue. When you hear this story, what comes in, into mind? Just two people. If you can share with me uh, what comes in mind when you hear of this little narrative that we just read from Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 13. Otherwise, man. All right, the wise man. All right, anyone else? Um, I guess King Herod and like what his actions are, what he intends to do. Amen. Beautiful. King Herod and his response, so to speak, his actions towards Jesus' birth. In fact, you guys have rightly spoken, Kojo and Ekwe. Really, we will be observing two responses from this narrative. Because when we hear of Christmas, what usually comes into mind is gifts being exchanged and um, um, spending time with family, vacations, and so on and so forth. But I want to speak truth to you guys. Christmas has nothing to do with that at all or whatsoever. I want to give you guys some basic foundations of what Christmas is so that you can respond appropriately. Let me tell you a little bit of history. 
according to the Bible, when Jesus Christ was born, there weren't carnivals on the streets like today. There weren't lights everywhere. In fact, the world was very dark in the sense of sin. People had been sinning against the great God all this while. And then God is going to come in the flesh for the first time in the person of Christ, taking on a human form without changing his Godness. So God was going to come in the flesh for the first time. Sin, darkness, all over the world. Now, prior to Jesus' coming, there was a heavy unrest in Jerusalem. They had been through many, many wars. Many leaders had come and passed and died. And then comes one leader called Herod. And Herod was called Herod the Great. And the reason why he was called Herod the Great is because he had done great things for the Israelites. And during that time also, Herod was operating as the king of the Jews under the Roman Empire, because the Romans were the greatest um, kingdom in the whole universe at that time, in the whole world. And so Herod was working as the king of Jerusalem under Romans authority. And so here comes this narrative that Matthew brings us about the birth of Jesus. So you see darkness, sin, unrest, Herod as the king. Now, Herod was not the nicest person. In fact, he was very, very wicked, according to the Bible. And we'll see that shortly. So Jesus Christ's birth was not about light, was not about gifts being given by family and hanging out with families at all. His birth was a needful one because of the darkness in which humanity were living in. Contextually, Jerusalem, the people of God, the Jews. And so here we have the narrative of Jesus Christ's birth in Bethlehem, Herod the king, and Kojo said, the wise man. Now a little bit about the wise men. When we hear of the wise men, there are many speculations. I want you guys to tell me two things that you guys know about the wise men. So I can tell you what the Bible says about them. Because only what the Bible says is definitely true. Okay, we can all agree on that, right? Okay, tell me two things that you guys know about the wise men. Just two people. You guys want me to pick? They, um, uh -huh. they brought frankincense, gold, and myrrh. Good. They, they brought three gifts, okay? What about you, uh, Mara? Mara, what, um, I'm not sure if I said your name right, but Mara, sorry. Um, what what else do you know about the wise men? Um, you want to call a lawyer? Huh? You want to call somebody to help you? Pick Ryan, because I see Ryan Abedio putting his hand to his chin. Maybe he might want to help you. Uh, Ryan, yeah. you want to help Mara? <laughs> oh, I was just, I, I was just scratching uh, my chin, but okay. So I know the wise men. I believe they were, um, they were both three kings, I believe. And when they were trying to go to Jesus, they had to follow, I think, the star of David, and the sky in order to uh, reach him. And they all had three gifts to give. Uh, 
uh, uh, uh, to, to give to him when he was born. Okay, good. Well, you've given us your thoughts or your opinions. So now let me tell you what the Bible wants us to know about these wise men. Okay. Now, in other versions or other uh, books like Luke, um, they are called the Magi. You will see that uh, Magi, M-A-G-I. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about them. So we've seen Herod in the picture, and now we are going to look at the wise men, okay? The wise men, the Magi, okay? The three wise men, okay? But there are two things I want to disqualify real quickly before we continue about them. The first thing is this. They were not three. We do not know how many they were. They were just called the wise men. Now, we suppose that they were three because they brought three gifts, but they could have been many. They could have been 10, they could have been 20, but presented only three gifts. And those three gifts are very significant. So we'll talk about that also. So first thing, they were not three. The second thing, oftentimes we think that they went to Jesus Christ when Jesus was born. But this story of them going to Jesus was not immediately when Jesus was born because notice in the text, everything I'm gonna tell you guys, listen, I want you guys to see it from the Bible. And Brother Albert will tell you, the reason why the Bible is written for us so that we can live our lives according to it, not by speculations. A lot of heresies, a lot of false information comes because we speculate. But I want you to see everything the Bible says, right? So that we can see the whole story from the Bible. If you look at the text, the Bible tells us that they came to the house of Mary. Look at verse 11. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary and his mother and fell down and worshiped him. So here, this is to tell us that these men that came to bring the gift did not go to see Jesus right at his birth. That's the first clue. They came to the house. Where was Jesus born? In the manger, not in the house. So that also is debunked. The third thing I want to tell you about them, and you will notice here that in verse 16, we are told that Herod was, when Herod was mocked, look at your scriptures in verse 16. He was exceeding wrath and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and all the coast thereof from two years old and under. That is to tell us that from the calculations from verse 7 and 6, when they went to Herod, Herod sat down and calculated and said Jesus would have been about two years within that time period. And so the wise men or the magi went to Mary's house, not at the birth of Jesus, but we can assume within the period of zero to three years old, they went two years, they went to Jesus's house, okay? All right, now having said that, I want to bring home to your heart, younger brothers and sisters, the response to this season. Today's Christmas, right? We celebrate it in all kinds of fashions and forms, which in any ways does not um, add up according to the narrative we see in the Bible. But as you're going through this season, I don't want you to miss this. And God does not want us to miss these things. Okay. So from this text, we've noticed two main characters, which is Herod and the Magi, the wise men. We've also heard about Herod and we've also heard about the wise men. 
Now, I want you to see from the text the responses that the Magi gave to Christ and the wise men gave to the birth of Christ. Jesus is born today, okay? Well, not literally, you guys understand, and celebrating his birth today. There is a response that God wants each and every one of us to give to Jesus Christ. And that is either a response of the Magi or the response of Herod. So let's get real quickly to our text and see. The, what the Bible says the Magi came from the east, okay? And they came to see Jesus. And in fact, these Magi, or these three wise men, were different from all other kinds of Magi. Literally, the word Magi came from, um, you guys know magic. That's where we get the word magic from. Magis in those days were people who were astronomers. They were good at reading the stars and the moon, and they were able to tell, foretell things. But these Magis were not demonized like the other Magis. They were actually Magis that knew about the birth of Jesus. They followed the word of God in the Old Testament because they knew about the prophecies that Daniel had talked about the Messiah being born. They knew about Isaiah. So they were looking forward to Christ's coming. And notice the Bible says that in verse 2, the Magi came from the east. Literally means the rising of the sun. They came from very far end. And according to ge uh, geographical uh, location, that is about 900 miles away. Riding on their camels, horses, whatever they had. And they came in from the east with a response. And what was their response? Look at verse 2. The Bible says... They came in to worship. You see that? They came in to worship. In verse 10, the Bible says, They came in when they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Look at the responses of the Magi. They responded to the birth of Jesus with one, joy, two, worship to Jesus Christ. Not only that, but the Bible tells us also that they came with gifts. And we see that in the subsequent verse, in verse 12. The Bible tells us they came with gift. Gift of what? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now I want to explain to you guys real quickly the gifts. You may want to take notes because this is very important to you to know. The first thing is gold. Gold in the Bible represents kingship. It represents God. It represents leadership. Okay? The Bible says when they came, they came with gold. The biblical use of the word gold is always symbolic of divinity. When we say divine, God, it always appeals to God. Okay, you can write these verses down and check for yourself later on in Exodus 32. You guys remember when Aaron, the group of uh, the Israelites told Aaron to make a God for them so they can worship. What did Aaron do? He took their gold, their gold earrings and gold necklaces and he made a God for them. So gold was always associated with gods or God. Okay, so these wise men brought for their worship to Jesus. What? Gold. Wonderful. 
it seemed as though somehow supernaturally they knew that Jesus Christ, the king to be born, will be truly the king of the world. It seemed to me that they knew that he's truly God. So the gold represents his godness, his deity, his divinity, his divine, his God. That is what the gold represents. It represents his kinship. There is no other God besides Jesus Christ. And listen, young brothers and sisters, you guys need to know that. We're living in times where many people will be coming up and telling all kinds of things about all kinds of gods. But listen, there isn't any other God except Jesus. All other gods are just the works of man, wood, clay, and other things, silver. But our God is the God of the creation, the whole universe. And they brought gold to worship him as God, okay? In Exodus 25, we also see that when they built the Ark of the Temple and the Ark of the Covenant, God had them use gold to overlay all of them. Exodus 25 from verse 10 through 17. So brethren, the gift of gold to the child Jesus was symbolic of his divine nature. Exemplifying that Jesus is completely God. Okay, even though he came completely as man. So Jesus is fully man and fully God. All right. Now they also brought frankincense. What does frankincense exemplify in the Bible? The Bible tells us in Exodus. Now, for those who are curious to know, I want to just take time and show you a few things about frankincense. Frankincense is a white gum that is obtained from a tree. When they make marks or incisions on the bark of a tree, after some days, it oozes out some nice gummy produce. And that is what frank frankincense is. And this frankincense, when it's burnt with fire, it produces a nice aroma, sweet smelling aroma. So the Bible always, when it talks about frankincense, it talks about frankincense as holiness, something that is pleasing to God, something that is righteous, something that is beautiful to God. Right. So in Exodus chapter 30, verse 34 and 35, please write down these Bible verses because of time we can go through all of them. So write it. And when you go home, take your time to read over it. You know why? Because I might be lying to you and I don't want to be lying to you. OK, when everyone preaches, always listen carefully what they say, because that's how it's going to shape your life. And that's how much of God you're going to know. So be careful of just listening, write things down, okay? And research for yourself, all right? So in Exodus 30, verse 34 and 35, the Bible tells us that God told the Israelites that whenever they had bring an offering and so on and so forth, they had to add frankincense to it because that was a sweet aroma, a sweet incense unto God. And so frankincense, brethren, is a symbol of righteousness and holiness. And as though they knew that the life of Jesus will be marked with righteousness and holiness. These three magi came in worshiping Jesus with this response. They knew Jesus as king. They knew him as God. They knew him as the righteous one, the holy one. Okay. And that is to say our lives must also be lived in that response unto God. Right. A life of worship, of holiness unto God. Remember Romans chapter 12. Verse 1, the Bible says, this is our awesome worship, right? You know, Brother Kevin gave us a time of worship. He led us in a time of worship. That is a form of worship. But the best form of worship is not even just singing, 
The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, because God is merciful to us. Guess what? Submit your bodies, your eyes, what you watch, your ears, what you listen to, your body, what you do with it, your will, submit it to God as a sweet aroma. This is what God wants, for this is our real worship unto God. Okay? So if you submit yourself to God, that is your real worship. Even as these people came to Christ from far, 900 miles, and they came to offer gold and frankincense. Now, let me move on real quickly to the myrrh, okay? Myrrh also is like the frankincense. It's also obtained from a tree. It's a gummy thing that comes from the tree and a particular type of tree. And myrrh is always used for embalming, is to keep the body from odoring and bad smells. When a person dies, they apply a myrrh on them so keep their bodies because in those days when a person died they didn't have the refrigerators that we have in the hospital so they would put myrrh and aloes and things on the body okay and they brought this to jesus why would they bring myrrh it is simply to tell us that they knew and understood the birth the life the death of jesus christ the myrrh was to represent the ministry of jesus in totality they understood that jesus was going to come and die for the sins of the world. And for this reason, they brought these wonderful gifts onto Jesus, frankincense, gold, and myrrh. This is all to exemplify that Jesus is king, he's God, he's the righteous one, and he's the one that is to come and die for our sins. His ministry was marked with great love for the world. Now, this was their response. Quickly, let me show you the response of Herod, and then I will end with prayer. Okay, so the Bible tells us after they presented these things to Mary, the Bible says, in their dream at night. So remember, they came to worship. They came to worship and presented gifts unto Christ. For us, our worship is to present our bodies unto Christ as living sacrifice. Don't forget that, Romans 12, 1 and 2. The second thing that happened to them was this. In their worship, in their giving their gifts unto Christ, God came and spoke to their hearing in a dream. The Bible says in verse 12, as the wise men came and presented this, they were warned in a dream by God that they should not return to who? Herod. And so guess what they did? They could have chosen and say, I'm going to respond to God's voice or not but guess what they did they responded with obedience to the voice of god they responded with obedience to the voice of god when god spoke to them in a dream they said yes we will go another way and that is the focus of the message listen brethren the whole world might be celebrating christmas in a one way with some kind of attitude but god wants us to go in another way the way of God. What do I mean another way? When God spoke to them, God says, don't go back to Herod because God knew if they went back to Herod, Herod would have found Jesus and killed Jesus. So God directed them with his voice and they were obedient to the voice of God. Now you may say, brother King, I don't have dreams like these men. Well, you have rightly spoken. You don't have to have dreams to hear the voice of God. In fact, the best way we hear the voice of God is through the Bible. Everything in the Bible is the voice of God. The Bible tells us, 
you might want to write this Bible verse down. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. All scriptures is given us as the breath of God. You see, the Bible that we read is the very words of God himself, spoken by his spirit through man, and it was written down for us. And it's good for us to know the word of God so it will correct us and lead us in all righteousness. Now listen, brethren, if you're on this line and you're dustling around with the word of God, I want to tell you point blank, you're in a very bad position. In fact, you're in a worse position. If you honor friends, people's words more than the word of God, you're in a very terrible position. The word of God is the only thing that is going to make you wise, is the only thing that will save you, is the only thing that will bring you joy and bring you direction in your life. A lot of youth are getting shot. They are dying aimlessly. I tell you part of the reason. Number one reason is because they have not heeded to the word of God. They have not listened to the word of God. If you guys would take the word of God seriously, and feed on it morning, afternoon, and get off Twitter and Instagram and all that distractions, brethren, your lives will be different. You will grow to be responsible people, not in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of God. You will be fruitful. Everything you touch will be indeed blessed. The secret is that you will take God's word serious. You must reverence God's word. Listen, the wise men, they were wise. You know why? Because they listened to the word of God. They would have been fools if they didn't listen to the word of God. Jesus said in Matthew 7, don't listen and not do. That makes you a foolish builder. And that's most Christians today, unfortunately. I'm going to have to say it. But the truth is, the wise builders come to hear and they build by the word of God. The three or the, the, the major or the wise men, they were wise because they heard when God spoke to them, they went another way. They didn't go back to Herod. They escaped. They went another way. And that brought them freedom. Freedom from Herod's hand. Freedom from being guilty of the death of Christ. You see, God will not blame them for having contributed to the death of Christ. They were free from that because they obeyed the voice of God. If we obey the voice of God, we'll be liberated. We'll be set free from many entanglements of sins. There are many enticing things in this generation. You get hooked up on it, you are done. God has to come in and help you. Listen to the voice of God, brethren. Now lastly, in closing, look at Herod's reaction. Herod said, bring me the child so I can worship him. Oh, Herod is a false worshiper. And I want to whisper that loud and clear to every one of you, your hearts this morning. There are two types of people in the whole world. True worshipers and false worshipers. True worshipers worship Jesus like the wise man. One, they give their best to Christ. And two, which is really nothing without Christ. And two, they are obedient to the words of Christ. You see that? True believers come to Christ in faith. They are led by the Spirit of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 and verse 6. They are led by the Spirit of God. They obey the voice of Christ. That is true believers. Don't say, I believe in Jesus and don't obey his words. You are a liar. Jesus says that in John chapter 8, verse 31. If you truly have believed, then obey my words 
And if you continue in the truth, the truth will set you free and you'll be free indeed. You see that? Freedom comes by obedience to the voice of God. And that is a sign that you're a true believer. But false believers, false worshipers like Herod, they say, oh, bring the child so we can worship him. No, no, no. He's lying. He's a hypocrite. He's filled with the devil's heart. Herod is wicked, and today there are many, many Herods. You guys want to know what Herod did? In verse 16, the Bible says, he had all the children under two killed. That is the devil's heart. There are today people committing uh, abortion and all kinds of things. They are all types of Herod. Don't be deceived. They are still in the government. They are still even in churches. They are still in our communities, doctors. These people that we hold in our esteem, some of these people are Herods in masks. They are false worshipers of God. They do not believe in Jesus. They commit murder. They sin against God. They, Herod says, come, let me worship. Herod will probably come to church on Sunday. Say, I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. But his hope is to kill Jesus. His hope is to destroy Jesus. His hope is to destroy the testimony of the living God. Herod's heart is not said to love Jesus. His heart is not said to worship him like the wise men. Now, this is my advice to you all. As this text comes to us from the word of God, God has shown us through this text two responses, the response of true believers and the response of false worshipers. As we are experiencing this season of crisis birth, we came in with one mindset, but we must go another way. What are the things of Herod that we are still practicing in our lives? When I say Herod, symbolizing wickedness, sin. God wants us to go another way after having heard of Jesus Christ. Don't go through this season and say, well, Jesus died. Let me get gifts. After all, it's not your birthday. It's Jesus's birthday, right? But listen, God wants us to go another way. The other way is this. To go home with a heart of worship unto Jesus. Number one, like the wise men. Two, with the heart of obedience to the words of Jesus. Like the wise men. And three, doing away, meaning repenting, turning away from going the same way we came in to Christmas with. The same attitude. Don't come in with the same attitude from tomorrow. Tomorrow, if there were things that you were doing that mom and dad didn't know, right? I recently heard uh, one of the youth got shot and he had told his parents, hey, you know, dad, I'm home and turn off all the camera and so on and so forth. He went out, he got shot. Well, they found out. Mom and dad may not know, but you cannot afford to be a false worshiper. Okay, brethren, don't play around with worshiping Jesus. If you're going to serve Jesus, love him. Love him with all your heart. Be obedient to him. And follow him through in obedience. Because someday you will stand before him in judgment. Even if you escape all that mom and friends and everyone has to say. You will stand before this Jesus. This child that was born. This savior to the world. The son of God who came to die for all sinners. Now, I want to ask you this. Are you a true believer or a false worshiper? Remember your response to Jesus Christ will tell if you're truly a true believer or a false worshiper. Herod was a false worshiper. 
the wise men were true believers. They worship Jesus Christ as king. They worship him as the righteous one. And they worship him in a place of coming to understand his death and his burial and his resurrection for their lives and humanity. Herod sought to kill Jesus. May this not be us. Even as we come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in this season, may we go home with a different attitude of worshiping Jesus and obeying him. Let us bow for a word of prayer. Father, we are so thankful for such wonderful words you have spoken to us from your word. Lord, we've heard the beautiful testimony of the wise men. And Lord, maybe some of us we are asking, or we, we don't know how, uh, perhaps because we have not committed to serving you. Lord, I trust in you that you alone can help us direct our hearts, not just through emotions. You know, we are very young and we are full of emotions. But Lord, direct our hearts, truly bend our will towards worshiping Jesus. Bend our intellect towards honoring Jesus and obeying Jesus and bend our deep, deep desires to always come to him in his word. Oh Lord, that we may say we desire your word and we desire to do your word. Father, let this be our portion. If any has not known Jesus, cause them Holy Spirit to surrender to him and cause them to come out of false worship. Oh Lord Jesus, for you alone are able to help us to come out from such false worship. Help us, dear Lord. For thy dear name's sake we have prayed. For Christ's sake. Amen. 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 Brother King, thank you so much. God bless you.